0: Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Jenny from Diamonds and Whiskey. How's it going today, Jenny?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's not going to be hard for me to remember your name because that's my sister's name, and my sister Uh, might kill me if I forget anybody named Jenny,
1: you know. It's a pretty popular name. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So... um, first of all thank you for coming on the podcast really appreciate getting the chance to sit down with us and uh, just kind of talking about your music and all that fun stuff so right now you're currently based or you're currently uh, based out of south carolina correct
1: mm-hmm. yeah so i'm in, i was uh, born and raised in north carolina and i've lived in south carolina for a couple of years awesome
0: how are how are things kind of looking in south carolina right now
1: well, um, I think as far as, like, the coronavirus, we're, we're open, I think, for the most part. Restaurants are still 50%, you know, but mm. everybody seems to be going back to work and doing their thing. It's sunny, mm. so, <laughs> so there's that for once. I'm, you know, uh, the rain's been ridiculous, <laughs> but yes. um, but this week seems to be getting sunny, and uh, I don't know. I'm optimistic, so I try to yeah. always look at things in a, in a positive light.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's, uh, you know, I think even though we're in the middle of a global pandemic, I think the weather's actually been really good this year. It's been a little, like here, it's been a little bit more humid than I was expecting, but it's just like, nah, I've been here six months. What do I know about anything, you know? (laughs) feels like I'm in Florida, but you know what? That's all right. But um, so let's kind of take a step back and learn about you. What originally got you into music?
1: Well, um, I have been singing as long as I can remember, and I started playing piano when I was four. I didn't have lessons, but I we had one at the house, and my dad is a crazy stellar musician, uh, piano, guitar, banjo. Um, so he didn't play when I grew up because he actually lost his arm in a motorcycle wreck, but... Um, but he still tinkered on the piano. And I think I just kind of picked it up when I was little and I played by ear really well. So, so I started then and um, then got into Broadway and opera and was classically trained to sing opera. And, you know, so somehow later on, I got, got down to my country roots, <laughs> so I got here, but I've wanted to do music since I was, you know, pretty much walking. <laughs>
0: And so you're the front woman for the band Diamonds and Whiskey. How did you kind and it's your band, correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I found I founded the band almost three years ago. Okay. Yeah.
0: And what what was the original idea for the band? Was it just like a good old country band, or did you have what was the original idea for it?
1: Well, originally I thought I was just going to get some people together, play some covers and have a little fun. And then um I don't know, I had some songs I'd written, so I brought them in and then kept writing some more. And next thing you knew, I'd written a whole album and then I decided we should be an original band. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Before I knew what we were recording and then people seemed to like it and we ended up on big festival stages and opening for big acts and, and so, and then touring, we're supposed to tour this summer, if we can hold on to what dates we have left. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it just kind of took off in a direction I didn't expect and, and now it's all I think about pretty much. Nice. Awesome.
0: I feel like that's a fairly common story for bands, like, especially for bands that weren't really expecting to come together. Cause it's like, yeah, just a group of friends getting together. Let's play some music. And then it's right. like, oh, hey, what if we brought a singer in and, oh, hey, let's do a couple covers. Oh, hey, let's start, you know, that's always a great story. Just like, it wasn't meant to be like this. It was just kind of, we were screwing around in the garage or what, you know.
1: Absolutely. It was a storage building. <laughs> yeah. like, and the next thing you know, we're, um, you know, opening for Darius Rucker this summer, like, you know, oh. big things. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what happened? But, um, and don't get me wrong. It took a lot of hard work, but I, I didn't, I really didn't imagine I'd be putting everything into it then, you know.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And so what's kind of your, when you sit down to write music, what's kind of your creative process?
1: Oh, people ask me this all the time. So I, um, yeah, I wish I had like a a process for sure. I'm an emotional writer and, and I'm sure most writers are, but you know, but I tend to in the moment, right. You know, so when something hits me, it's like, just, it just comes out, you know? Um, I find that it's harder for me to actually think of a topic and just write about it I tend to need to, like, feel it, you know? Um, so when I'm hurt or angry or happy or feeling, I don't know, just anything, it's it's got to come from a place in my life. So the whole album, Heartbreak Queen, they're all stories from my life. Um, I did, however, for the first time, um, I got a song in a film this year and actually wrote about her life. But I really had to, like, get into that character <laughs> to do that.
0: Nice. So... Let's kind of run down that alleyway a little bit. Uh, what's the, what was it? Did you write the song specifically for the film or did you have something already written and they just kind of liked it? And...
1: No, this was specific for this film. Um, I was asked to write it by a manager that used to work with us and he works with his director. And, you know, he told the director, I've got this songwriter that's really great. Um, I think she'd be great for this. And so they sent me the gist of the story, this a true story about a woman that had Alzheimer's and um, wandered off from her family, never to be seen again. And so I, I mean, I wrote the song in probably five minutes. I mean, it just poured out of me, but it was just an amazing story. And so, yeah, it ended up being great. I got to fly to my first uh, film premiere in California and play in front of everybody. And walk the red carpet, you know, so it was like a, a a thing, um, for me. So, so really exciting, but yeah, it was, that was kind of what happened. And it just happened to work out that they love the song.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I'm a film guy. So that that's why I'm always kind of curious about how that stuff works, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, but so back to your original music, uh, you're currently supporting a new, or well, it's been out for a little bit but you got a ep out currently that you're supporting. Or is yeah it not- so
1: it's a full album. It's full album. um yeah, yeah, so it's 10 songs. There were 11. I took one off okay. um and we dropped that November, I believe, of last year and we're still so it's kind of backwards. I I know a lot of people put out eps now and it's kind of ridiculous to do albums but um to me and every review we've gotten, I mean every song you know, people love, so it really worked out for us. So we're still pushing songs from that album. You know, and it's yeah. hard, but you know, Paige, my publicist, she'll call. She'll like, God, I don't know what song we should put out next. <laughs> you know, so what direction are we going go in? But it's been really fun, um, and they've done really well, especially overseas. Uh, we've I I was on an interview the other day in New Zealand and they said Muddy Water had been requested 37,000 times on the radio. So just like things like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty great. And I think we're looking at tour there next year. So, you know, there's a lot off this album that's happening and we're going to continue to push it while we record the next one.
0: Awesome. And is that something you're currently working on as your next album?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's, I've got most of the songs written. They need, uh, of course, they need a lot of production and the band's got to come in and do their thing. And so we're beginning that process now. But, um, and I plan to plan to do an album again. I mean, I know it's crazy. People are like, oh, it's just do an EP, but I don't know. I want it to be different. So part <laughs> we're, we're one of my is I do what I want. So I'm just going to do whatever I want. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha.
0: And so the the name of your uh, current album is Heartbreak Queen, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so what was kind of the, or first of all, what was the process when you were sitting down to record, or when you first sat down and was like, okay, we're ready to release an album. Did you have songs specifically laid out for it, or did you write specifically for the album, or did you have like a bunch of songs that you already kind of wrote, and then just was like, oh, hey, these six, and then we, you know...
1: Actually, um, the 10 songs that are on this album are the first 10 songs I ever wrote. Oh, wow. And they, yeah, um, which I know sounds crazy. I've written so many more since then, but, um, but yeah, and they all just kind of came together and worked really well, and that's how we went with it. But again, the if you were to listen to track by track, they're, they're all different in their own way. Um, you know, you've got blues on there. Some songs are really rock. And then you got 25 to life which is straight up traditional country um as is wasted on your love i mean it's just uh it's a hodgepodge but it all kind of goes together um and so each you know songs are personal to everybody that writes them so i'm no different in that respect but some of them i can't even sing live because they i mean i would probably just ball on stage <laughs> so um, but yeah so that's how heartbreak queen came together the next album's not quite like that i've got a lot more songs written and i'm having to narrow down <laughs>
0: so. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And so Heartbreak Queen won Band of the Year for the Carolina Music Awards, and then some of the singles on there also won some awards as well.
1: Yeah, hands down, one single of the year. uh, Muddy Water topped the Euro charts um, and the European ACMs. and Sugar Stick's climbing them now um, as we speak. And I mean, there's a lot of, a few songs on there that are charting in different areas. Um, mm-hmm. And Muddy Water's up for single of the year this year. And yeah, we were nominated for Entertainer of the Year, Female Vocalist of the Year. Um, I, don't, I don't even know, Tour of the Year. There's just a lot that happened last year that we weren't expecting. And take into consideration, we had only been a band for about a year and a half at that point. <laughs> so so it all kind of was like, ah. Oh, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I got you. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> So what do you attribute that all that success to early on and with the band? What was, what do you think it was or?
1: Um, I think a lot of it, well, a lot of hard work. So, you know, we didn't, I took a different approach to this band. Um, I didn't go out and gig every weekend at every bar I could find. Instead, I worked my day job hard (laughs) and put a lot of money into avenues that I thought would get us out there more. So I felt like we kind of started out higher than where we would have been if we'd just been gigging as much as we could. Yeah. Um, so I felt, I just took a different approach. I really wanted to play festival stages and I'm very much the person that's like, if I can see it, I will make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I did. I, I made us seem, I think, bigger than we were when we started and now we caught up to that, <laughs> so yeah. it worked out. Right,
0: nice. um, and did you, what was, did you use social media a lot to help promote the band early on?
1: Yeah. So Facebook was kind of where I started. I didn't, I didn't even really use my personal Facebook. So I had to learn a lot about it. And then Instagram came, we, we just started our Instagram last year, really. And Paige, you know, once Paige came on board, I mean, she's just, she's amazing. So we've really grown since she came um, and has been taking care of all of that for us. So that that's just been huge. Um, I think once you get the right team around you, Mm -hmm. that's when all that really starts happening. But uh, yeah, I initially used Facebook and, you know, just targeted ads and started putting live clips up and just whatever I could do to garner our our fan base there.
0: Yeah. And actually I, I just released an article on our website about how to optimize Facebook ads, because I just, I realized like, if you take an ad promoting to a link and then put a video mm-hmm. on there. So your video gets views, your link gets click-throughs. And then if they happen to like the video, then you can automatically invite them to like the page. So you, you're getting yes. like triple return for single dollar. I, like, I don't, you know, I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but you know, it's just been trying to figure out the social media thing and how to take advantage of everything, especially like, like like you were mentioning earlier just trying to build the following you know just trying to Mm -hmm. make us seem bigger than maybe we really are I don't you know
1: well I call it fake I mean if I'll be honest on this interview I'm sure everyone's watching it but but I call it fake until you make it And, and like everybody does um we're not that now if you've seen our show there's nothing fake about it it is really good um so I feel like I just didn't want to take the traditional route and I didn't want to go out and play till 2 AM and 3 AM at bars. And I didn't feel like in this day and age that you had to do that to get somewhere. I, I feel like, you know, you can build a great product and put it out online Uh (laughs) and, and get your fan base going. And then when you show up at shows, people are like, Oh, (laughs) you know, so that's all I was trying to do. And it worked. And, and now, you know, we have a reputation and it all worked out. So everybody's seen us live, you know, in our region anyway, so they know what they're getting. Um, So it's easy to book. But before it was a, it was a a uphill battle. But yeah, the ads on Facebook, I mean, I had to learn. There's so, as you know, there's a lot on there. You can do that. I didn't know. It's not just boost your post. I mean, there's analytics that I, I was constantly studying and figuring out. Like you said, the video ads are they work. And then there's a little widget you get to invite people, you know, (laughs) after they've plugged it. So.
0: And well, and that's the thing about, like, I don't want to say the crazy time that we're living in right now, but it's like, as long as all you really need is that first song, whether it's just you on a video on video playing, not even being professionally recorded, if it's decent and you promote it well, you don't even have have to have had to play a show yet, and you could start building your fan base. Right, you know exactly. And so it's it's like, but the catch to that is you have to go play a show. Once you get to a right. certain point, like you can't just sit there and keep.
1: No, you re- got to back it up, it, yeah. and that's that's what I say. Like, and I really felt like we had a great product, and. I would not have done that. I would not have put all the money in it and the Mm -hmm. time it was so much time. If I didn't think that we had what it took. And so I just needed to get us there so we could get the bigger shows. So then we can show people, this is what we do. And that's what we did last year. Our booking agent took us around. They, she showcased us and we got gigs everywhere. We showcased because Mm -hmm. it was a terrific live show. So you've got to back it up with great songs and great showmanship. Um, so. I feel like now we're we're there um, and it's deserved. It's not that I didn't work for it. It's just a different yeah. type of work. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, it's it's not 1975 anymore where you have to go out to shows to catch new music. You know,
1: right. And I want to performing yeah. is what I want to do. Yeah. But you know, it's hard to get booked at first unless you're just doing little coffee shops. And if you yeah. listen to our music, um, which you, if you listen to Heartbreak Queen, I'm pretty loud. So yeah. <laughs> me in a coffee shop is uh, not gonna work out so well usually yeah and I like to jump around a lot so gotcha
0: um what have you guys kind of been doing through the pandemic have you been trying to do experimenting with like the virtual shows type stuff or uh anything like that
1: yeah we actually um live streaming i don't do a lot I and mean, we've done a few little acoustic ones mm-hmm. but we've actually done some big ones we did a um um one right behind one of the nascar tracks here not long ago for CSM production which is huge they put up a whole huge stage screen behind us i mean it was amazing and we really did it big um yeah. and then we did another one for that there was a south wales country virtual fest mm-hmm. and ours got the most i mean it it got a ton of strings and, and was the most popular one, but I think it's because we went in studio, like live studio and played full band, great yeah. sound. Um, wh- when I do that stuff, I want to give the best. Even if it yeah. costs me money, it's like, I'm going to give you the best because you're, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the acoustic jams. It's awesome. But I feel like when we're stuck like this, that's pretty much what we're limited to, mm-hmm. you know, and people see it all the time. It's like, yeah. oh, great, acoustic jam, awesome. But what if you could do like, full-on
0: band and it sound good so and that that's really where you need the professional product not well professional production people that have the equipment to go do that like right now back when everything first started we tried to do like a virtual festival and we like the first one as far as first festivals go it was great like There were some people that their sound wasn't that great, but like the issue was we had to leave all the sound up to them because.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. But. And Facebook compresses all that too. So it's, it's hard to get good sound.
0: Yeah. yeah Well, there was multiple things going on. Like we, because we were doing it through Zoom. So Zoom has three features that makes Zoom great for meetings and conversations like this but not so great for music. It has a auto compression feature. So like if you and I were to start going back and forth and we were to get really loud, it zoom would automatically compress the audio to make sure we're not blowing out everybody's uh, headphones and blowing out their eardrums. It's got an auto and it's got like two different EQ features that EQ out the lower end and the higher end. So that usually EQs out the guitar and then like some higher parts of the vocals. And then on top of that with the compression, then, then the natural internet compression and then the Facebook compression, it sounds like you're yelling from 70 yards back through a tin
1: Right. <laughs> exactly yeah. and I experienced that when we tried to do it without professional help and yeah. so we did a, um, a live stream we, we just signed with manager um, Eddie Z, the playroom which is a very famous studio in Charlotte and so we're super excited about that so he um, and his team put together this live stream for us for that South Wells uh, Country Fest and it worked out so well I mean it was just professional I I just can't tell you how great it was and I was like oh yeah this is how it's done so from now on (laughs) we live stream and then we're gonna let the pros handle it um I'm gonna do one soon with me and the piano and a bunch of guest musicians I think we're just trying to do some different stuff I Mm -hmm. I like to um give people something different so they don't see the same thing all the time
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um and so what are you doing right now to kind of challenge yourself musically
1: Oh, gosh. Well, um, so I'm starting to write with some, some new people. Like I said, my new manager um, is hooking me up with some Nashville pros that I'm really excited about. Um, that's something I haven't done before. Um, and so writing and expanding, you know, how I write to um, and learning about that is a big thing for me. Um, also, you know, even though I'm a singer and I've been singing forever, I'm, um, I'm planning to get a vocal coach soon because I think that that's just a good idea at this point to to you know take care of my voice. But um, but yeah, we're working on on ways to further ourselves without getting out and playing since we can't. Um mm. and since that's kind of how I started this band, <laughs> um, it seems to be our forte. But um, but yeah, I'm trying to learn about new social media avenues. And Paige, like I said, is I mean, she's the girl, so she's really, really getting us out there and um You know, we're pushing for 2021 at this point. So, you know, if we play any gigs in 2020, we're excited. We've got some big ones still, but we're not counting on it. Yeah, yeah. so we're just hoping to, to blow out 2021 and be excited about that.
0: Nice. Yeah, pretty much every show that we were going to go to as far as like doing coverage for, they all got pushed, except for maybe one got pushed to 2021 already. So it's like, okay, well, there goes our, there goes our 2020, but we're (laughs) going to keep, keep on keeping on. Um, All right.
1: You're stuck talking to people like us doing this.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, this has always kind of been the plan. Like, oh, like here, here's, here's the funny thing. So back when we first started doing the podcast about four years ago, all the podcast interviews had to be face-to-face in person. Mm -hmm. It
1: was
0: my mindset something about doing it through zoom just scared me and it just didn't seem as personal and it didn't right. seem like we could feed off each other's energy and then about January I had an idea for so now we have two different versions of our podcast we have like this version which is just straight up conversation and then we also have like a jam session podcast where it's like we bring a musician in they play some songs for us talk about them and that's that's the jam session podcast and so i wanted to bring in an artist from australia but obviously they couldn't come here like that because tickets to australia aren't (laughs) you know uh so we set something up online and it turned out all right and i'm like you know what? what why am i so scared of doing this you know And so then it just kind of evolved and then the pandemic hit and then it's like, oh, now I have to do it or else we'll get any podcasts done. So this is just kind of opened up the door.
1: I get it. I was afraid to live stream before. I would never do it. I was terrified. And now it's like, I'll I'll click right on it and be like, hey, because I don't have a choice. I mean, if I'm going to talk to my fans, this is the only way to do it.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So... This will be kind of an interesting segment because I think you have a lot of advice you can offer younger musicians. Um, let's start off, uh, just in general. What did, uh, in general, what general advice do you have for younger musicians that are maybe just getting started or looking to start playing music?
1: Well, if you really want to do this, and, and you know, you got to really want it first of all, <laughs> um, but it takes extreme hard work, and there are going to be you know nine out of ten doors are going to slam in your face mm-hmm. and i say first of all and i tell people this don't give up if you really want something do not give up i i can't tell you how many times i thought oh my gosh i just don't know how i'm going to continue down this path because it gets really tough don't give up if you really believe in yourself that's the first thing um and again like with the work ethic like that is i think by far the most important thing um you know, I've gotten to talk to some big bands that we've played in front of and they all say, it's just like, it is a hard road, but if you love it and that's what you want to do, work hard for it. Um, also, um, don't let people distract you from what you really want to do. That's mm-hmm. the other thing I would say. I can't tell you how many times I've been told, oh, you don't really fit in a genre or you don't, you don't fit here. You don't fit there nowadays you can have your own following for whatever it is that you do. Now, it's got to be reasonably good. You can't, you know, <laughs> you're not going to probably go play the spoons and that be it. <laughs> but but I'm just saying if if you really believe in what you're doing and you've created something unique. I, there's so many bands that I love like alt-J for example, um totally left field different. Um but that's their thing and they have their own cult following. And so when I did this album and you know my music's a little different from especially female country artists i'm very different from that so I mean, you know people loved it but they're like i'm not sure where it fits and i'm like i don't really care like you know so be you be original don't try to copy other people that's the biggest thing to me i see everybody wanting to be someone else don't do that be you and the other thing i would say is it's never too late so even if you're not 20 and drop dead gorgeous whatever whatever it is it it doesn't matter still be yourself it's never too late to chase your dream never i really truly believe that and it has been my purpose in this band to impress upon especially women that no matter if you're a mom like i am and you've worked a a career for years whatever it is if you really want something you will find a way And, um, I was talking to a girl at Starbucks not long ago and she was, she works at Starbucks and I go in there every day and she's like, Oh, I wish I could go play music like you, but I have to work. And I'm like, Oh honey, I work 18 hour days, but (laughs) I do that so I can do this, you know? So if you really, really, really want something, go do it. I I just think, you know, luck is, is great. And sometimes that works out. And in this business, a lot of it's who, you know, but you can also make your own luck. You just got to work really hard.
0: And you can you can like right now in the digital media space or with digital media being what it is and so widely available that who you know could be the one person that you just happen to message randomly on a Thursday afternoon and they happen to be checking their Instagram or they happen to be checking their Facebook, mm-hmm. and boom, you've got your you've got your introduction, you've got your, you know. You know and then then it's up to you from there to build the relationship how you want to build it you know
1: i can't tell you that that's happened for me a few times on different occasions where it just happened to be the right time that someone saw my stuff i was at cma fest and that's how i got my booking agent she had not even heard me play she just saw me and my look was so different because i tend to wear extravagant makeup (laughs) I'm extreme. <laughs> that's that part of I'm going to do what I want. Um, love it or hate it, but you won't forget it. <laughs> that's that's another one of my little mottos. But but yeah, it just happened to me in the right place at the right time. And it worked out. And I have a Nashville booking agent that got us on big stages. You know, it just, you never know when you're going to meet that person. And you mm. should always look like a star. Um, I go to showcases and I'll see bands come in in the mornings to do sound. And they're in their pajamas and whatnot. Yeah. Do you know... I I can't tell you the people I've met that have come up to me and said, You're a star. Because Mm -hmm. when I show up, I show up. Like, it doesn't matter if it's seven in the morning or whatever, hair and makeup's done. I look like a million bucks for a reason. Like, and because you never know who you're going to meet in those moments. And when you can stand out in a crowd, it's image is so important. And I wish it wasn't, but it is. So, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
0: And just to kind of build off of that a little bit, I'd almost say if you get an opportunity, take advantage of it because there there's one thing that came in automatically popped into my head. As you were, as you were speaking there, it was like, I had an opportunity three and about three and a half years ago to interview Billy strings Mm -hmm. like right. Right. As he was on the come up, you know, he was at a bluegrass festival down in the keys that we were covering. And I was like, uh I don't really have my gear ready. I we'll get them tomorrow or whenever. And I missed out on that opportunity and now Billy Strings is just right. really climbing the charts, you know, and it's just like damn, I should have should have should have made it work and figured it out and took advantage, but it didn't happen, so.
1: You're absolutely right though. Um you know, it's just I try to make things happen no matter what they are. I mean, we, all of our gigs have canceled. We have one in July, not, August is still good, but July is canceled, but one, and we're going to go all the way to North Dakota to play one festival because we're opening for Chris Jansen, you mm. know, and that's and a huge opportunity for us. Yeah. And we're not going to make any money on that because yeah. the trip alone, <laughs> but you yeah. best believe we'll be there. <laughs> and we're going to show out and do our thing. And it's, it doesn't matter if it's convenient or not. Like, I absolutely agree with you. Take the opportunity, if you can do it, yeah. do it. Yeah.
0: And to to kind of double down on what you just said, um, two years ago, there was a festival down in Tampa called the Gasparilla Music Festival. And I was living in Tallahassee. So it's like a four or five hour drive down to Tampa. And I put in an application to be like a media representative and do like media coverage. And originally I wasn't going to go because it's like, man, it's going to cost me so much money to get down there. Hotels are insanely expensive. But- the roots were like the big headliner that year and it's like man i'd really love to interview quest love you know and just just kind of get that set up and so i went there i didn't get to interview the roots but i got to interview uh andy hall from the infamous string dusters which was they were like right up under them as like the second main like main co-headliner i guess it would be so it was just like you know made it work and so, Right. But. Yeah.
1: It's, it's always great. I, I did my first showcase in New Orleans a year and a half ago and it wasn't going to pay. We just got invited to come showcase and, be, and the band's like, oh my gosh. And there I drug them <laughs> and they're great. I mean, they're so good about it. But you know, from that, you know, we got, I don't know, three different management offers. I mean, it was huge. We yeah. just had to show up and show what we could do. And it was a pain and it cost me a fortune and, and whatnot. But from that moment on, I've made so many contacts and met so many people and, and uh, it was a turning point in my career because we decided to do that. So it was inconvenient. I didn't sleep for three days. We played five shows in like 36 hours. It was ridiculous, um, but very worth it. So
0: you said you know. that was down in new Orleans. Did you play to new Orleans <laughs> and then back or did you, or were all those shows in new Orleans?
1: They were all in new Orleans. We played five different places, house of blues. Um, I don't know in four other you know venues and it was crazy good um Juan Tovar was there you know he he managed Marilyn Manson and I tell you like and he loved me I mean offered to manage us amazing guy um I feel like if you can take Marilyn Manson from zero to 80 million there must be something special (laughs) about No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, I mean, there was just so many people. I met in guys from Atlantic, um, Ralph Murphy, famed songwriter. Uh, he passed away last year, but he sat with me and went through my songs. And he was like, you're an amazing songwriter, like gave me so many pointers. And, and I remember walking away and he was like, hey, and I turned around and he was like, you're a star, just so you know. And those moments will stay with you for the rest of your life. You know, when people like that, that you get to meet and spend time with. So I say, you know. If you can do it, take every opportunity, even if it's not making you a dime, mm-hmm. it will pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all part of believing in yourself and putting yeah. in the work.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so as far as going into the studio, what what advice would you have for like younger musicians that are maybe stepping into the studio for the first time?
1: Oh, gosh, I feel like like I'm still new with this. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um you know, I've been in a, a few different studio um, segments where I was uncomfortable or felt pressured. And I would say always, even if you don't know what you're doing, you know, listen to advice, but listen to yourself more than anything. You know, if there's something you just really feel strongly about, or you really want in your music, or you you know, you can't hear yourself right, or whatever it is, take the time and be true sure to yourself, no matter what it is that you're doing in there. Um, and don't be afraid. To seem I don't want to say like an idiot but like don't be afraid if it's your first time like ask questions um you know everyone's been there at some point so yeah I mean I I still get nervous when I go I was in there uh, two days ago uh, actually doing production on a track that we're doing uh for a tv show over in in Norway and um you know, I've never done producing, you know, I've never put sounds in and all that. And so I was really nervous about doing laughs and snake sounds like with rattlers and stuff, you know, so I don't know. I just say, be true to yourself and, and whatever it is, uh, stick to your guns.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, So who are you kind of listening to right now? um, As far as in that you would draw influences from who are some of the people that you're listening to right now?
1: Um, oh gosh, it's all over the board. Um, so I don't really turn on the radio a whole lot. Um, I'm, but I listen to Halsey. I'm a big fan of her. Um, and I, I love Morgan Wallen right now. And, um, Randy Carlisle, huge fan. Um, I like Eminem um so I actually write a lot of my lyrics to Eminem people always ask me that but I'll put on an Eminem track and like spit rhymes to it so and that's how I, I write a lot of my lyrics um I'm I'm unconventional <laughs> um but yeah I, I would say listen to that uh Lady Annabellum's been in my or Lady A now as they've changed her name has been in my um playlist a lot lately uh Beyonce actually um yeah, I listen to a lot of Beyonce uh, vocally. I like to sing along, just great exercise. Um, and I'm nowhere near her. <laughs> but, um, and then I, I love the classics. I listen to Heart a lot. Um, you know, I'm just a, a female rocker deep down, so. Nice.
0: Um, so we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to make this a little bit more of a fun segment. It's quickly becoming one of the more random things that we do. So I'm going to ask you seven random questions. I have a random question generator sitting right in front of me and it's just going to generate random questions. Okay. (laughs) So we got seven of them. Where's the strangest place you've ever fallen asleep?
1: Um, in a suburban in a Walmart parking lot (laughs) (laughs) on the way to
0: Sturgis. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any secret hobbies?
1: Um, secret hobbies. Not really. I, I collect mugs, but that's not really a hobby. <laughs> you
0: know what though? That's actually not that. That's actually pretty cool. Cause you know, just coffee mugs are so unique. I went to the, uh, uh, not oh, secondhand shop. I can't think of what it's called now, but it was a secondhand shop and they had like a cowboy boot coffee mug for 50 <laughs> cents. And I'm like, you know what? That's just so random. I need it. You know, why not? So, <laughs> so I got this random cowboy coffee mug. But anyways, what is something you own that you have never used?
1: Um, I haven't shot my gun. <laughs> funny. Yeah. So.
0: Pineapple pizza. Yes or no?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, have you ever been punished for something you didn't do?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, what is something that you don't mind waiting for
1: coffee (laughs) it's something I need in my life all the time I'm at Starbucks like three times a day and sometimes it takes them forever because I'm a a picky coffee person so Mm -hmm. I'll I'll wait forever for it
0: (laughs) awesome and then final question what is your guilty pleasure song that you're currently listening to
1: If I could turn back time, I share. (laughs) I so want to, I do a really good share, just so you know. (laughs) So, um, so that's my guilty pleasure. (laughs) Okay,
0: cool. Awesome. And that was the random question segment. It's, it's fun. It just kind of breaks things up. I enjoy doing it from time to time, except when they bring up like the really weird questions. It's like, yeah, we're going to kind of skip over those.
1: right. Yeah, I've had I've had some weird ones nerd So one time somebody asked me what I thought thought about euthanasia, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, I'm glad I know what that is, but I can't imagine if you asked a teenager that." <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So obviously, with the state of the world, you guys aren't playing shows. l you said you have some left, or some potentially left in July, but who yeah. knows. Um, what's kind of the, and obviously we've been talking about this throughout the entire podcast, but what's kind of the plan moving forward? Um, you're working, but you're working on the new album and then you said some new or really gearing up for 2021. Um, so what are you kind of doing to uh, make, or make sure that you're ready to hit the ground once everything kind of lifts and you're able to get back out there?
1: yeah so um, you know we're pushing ourselves more and more on social media and, and doing a lot of research on that and how we can get our music out in different outlets. Of course, um, our Spotify's really taken off, so um, we're focusing a lot on that and and then you know with new management coming in, you know we're structuring things differently in the band. Um, so we're spending a lot of time on the business side of the band right now to make sure that fundamentally we're where we need to be money's coming in and what we're doing with that and that sort of thing so that's not something I've really done before so I'm excited mm-hmm. to be at that point now where we have a business manager <laughs> um, so it's boring as it is I wish there was something more fun but I think at this point making sure that we have everything ready for tour including you know sound the right players and mm-hmm. everything else because uh, uh, you know on the big stages the group playing Carolina Country Music Fest in September um and that's huge. We played it last year. This year, it's um, Eric Church, Luke Combs, Jerry Rucker, you know, it's a big, big deal for us to be on the main stage. So it's like, um, I feel like the level this year has jumped up for us. And we're, you know, the, playing with Chris Jansen, that's a main stage festival that's huge. And so, yeah, just trying to prepare for those, because I think that's a, a new thing for us. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of rehearsal, um, you know working those things out not that our live show isn't great but I definitely want to make sure we're taking it to the next level so we're going to work really hard on that this summer so that we're bringing you know an amazing show to the stage in, in the fall and then next year
0: yeah absolutely and that makes perfect sense because once you start playing once you really get on those main stage shows and you're competing with the big national touring acts it's like you want to make sure that you look like you belong there
1: or... absolutely absolutely um it's, it's really important and uh we impressed last year and so that's why we got the invitations for the main stages this year and that's just super exciting to be part of that and see your name on a flyer with mm-hmm. like the big names <laughs> you know when i first saw that i'll never forget it i was like just tears streaming down my face because it was you know well i am sure a lot of acts say that but you know i, I was doing an interview not long ago and, the, and this guy was like you know five years ago i interviewed Kelsey Bellarini, And she was like, not doing anything near what she's doing now. Yeah. And, and he's like, it's amazing to know that I got to interview her. And it's like, you were saying, take every opportunity because you don't know yeah. what's going to happen. So, and he was like, just think where you could be in five years, you know? And yeah, so I don't know if, if this is all I get to do this summer, I'll be tickled, but I think we're, we're headed for some bigger things. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, even to like, even if you just like break it down and look at where you were at this time last year and compared to now, it's like night and day. Like for most people would be night and day, like how much you've grown and how much has changed. And absolutely, and that's, only, that's only a year. And if you magnify that by five years, it's like, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. You never know. I just think, uh, and I was talking to my manager, Eddie about this the other day. I was just like, every year has to be for me anyway, a step up. So I've got to always be bettering myself and taking us to a new level. Um, and that's what happened the past two years. So I'm hoping that next year is even more of that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not hoping to that this virus doesn't stop everything <laughs> from going, but we're going to push forward.
0: Yeah, you know, it definitely there's going to be some casualties right now, because I've talked to a few different musicians that are like, pulling back during the pandemic, because they're like, well, our finances are really tight right now.
1: Right. It's like oh, I, see, yeah. I hear that a lot. It's really sad. Um,
0: yeah. And it's like, no, you really need to be doubling down right now because right. people are paying attention. People have so much more time on their hands, you know, so you really need to be doubling down right now. And that's why, like, even I just looked at our analytics on our social media, we've gotten more attention in the last 90 days of the pandemic because it'll be 90 days tomorrow that I've been working from home in the isolate in isolation and what have you so tomorrow will be 90 days and in those 90 days I've gotten more traction on our social media than we did all of last year
1: right I I say the same thing you know I I've talked to some musicians who are like well we don't have any money we're not gigging you know but for example in South Carolina Georgia Florida where everything's open pretty much. Dude, if that's the case, get a job for now. You know, (laughs) like if you, if you, you know, seriously put some money in your band. Like that's what I tell people, like you can't just sit there and let it die. Like there's a way for you to still push yourself online, even if you got to work a part-time job. And I know people don't want to do that. They want to be pro musicians. Well, so do I, (laughs) you know, but but again, I really think it's the hustle behind the scenes yep. that makes you. And and I can't impress upon people enough. I'm like, you gotta hustle. You know, just get out and hustle whatever it is, and then you can put that into what you're doing, so that when things do open up, you come out with an even bigger fan base.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that that goes back to just kind of making sure that you're ready to hit the ground running when. Right. The floodgates open because there's going to be people that are sprinting towards the next next stage and then there's going to be people that are still stuck in the stuck in the gate because oh dang i didn't take advantage of the last three months six months however right. long it's going to ultimately end up being right know? but you know luckily right now here in texas uh, i think it's been about like the last month or so they've started playing shows in smaller venues so like the local bars, so that's really been exciting to be like hey i can go down the street to the bar they're only gonna let 15 people in but you know
1: what (laughs) right (laughs)
0: that
1: that is exciting yeah they're playing shows in south carolina i actually sat in a girl asked me to come um not long ago and You know, to get to get a good crowd in, she's a newer artist, and so I actually sat on her set, and uh, she's super sweet and awesome, and it was so fun. You mm-hmm. know, just to sit there and do a few acoustic songs, and mm-hmm. and uh, even though it was a small place, but it was really neat and and very different from what we normally do. So yeah, if yeah. you can get out and make a little sound or noise, go <laughs> do it for sure. Yeah.
0: And it's going to be a really interesting time because, especially if you're in a area that has like a relatively well-known artist, like somebody that's touring nationally or they're touring regionally, but they have a pretty decent following, it might be your opportunity to go into a local bar and see them play in a solo acoustic set right. just because they want to get out and play. And mm-hmm. that, that kind of goes back to something that I've told a few different people is you're going to start seeing national touring acts taking a step down to take a step down in audience size or venues or whatever, just so they can get out and play more because especially if they're like musicians that are really enjoy playing music. Right. I like I I can definitely see a point where in two months you can go see, I don't know, Lady A at the House of Blues or you know, just like a like a not not stadium type show, you know. Um so it'll be an interesting time this year and hopefully things will open up and you know people will get out and be able to play
1: absolutely that's that's my prayer i hope that that happens i'm ready for it yeah
0: um so what uh what shows do you still have on the uh, schedule right now that you're kind of hoping still have a shot
1: um, oh. Ju- july 10th is the north Car- uh, excuse me north dakota country fest which is the big one with chris jansen and diamond rio joe diffie was on it i was really excited about that hoping to meet him but you know that he passed so um but yeah that's a really big one um and then in august I, gosh i wish my tour manager was here because i they just tell me where we're going yeah. you know when i show up <laughs> but exactly. um but i know that we're in the at the south dakota state fair um, so we've got some gigs there. I know that's the beginning of September, and then um, our gigs in September and October, I think, are holding. They're they're all North and South Carolina, um, South Carolina especially. I think is going to go through, um, and that's where Carolina Country Music Fest is, which is one of the biggest in the country. And that's what I was talking about earlier. That's the end of September, mm-hmm. and then um, October we've got South Carolina State Fair, I think, and a couple other things. And in December we actually booked a a venue here in South Carolina that's pretty big. Um, We're actually going to do a local show. I don't do a lot of local shows. I feel like um, that's another thing I would say to people. Don't oversaturate an area. Like, you know, I refuse to play the same place over and over. I just won't do it. I won't go to Charlotte, but once a year maybe in play or or here in South Carolina in my hometown, but maybe once a year because Matchbox 20 is my favorite band, hands Mm -hmm. down. If they played every week here, I wouldn't go see them every week. You know, (laughs) so that's kind of the way I view it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's not the like that's actually really sound advice there was a when i was living in new mexico there was a venue promoter that had a rule that he wouldn't book you if you played in the city within the last i think it was like 45 days or something right so it's like that he didn't book a whole lot of local talent because if you they played locally they weren't going to get booked you know
1: so, absolutely. You know. That's a, that's that's probably the biggest thing I I tell other bands. There's like, Well, you're not playing around here. I'm like, No, you you might see us twice a year. And um, and then it's gotta be something, you know, pretty stellar and we promote like crazy for it. So mm-hmm. we'll spend six months ahead of time telling people and, and putting out targeted ads like we talked about and, mm-hmm. and really building up for it because I like to play for a crowd. <laughs> you know, so
0: absolutely, absolutely. Cause it's one of those things where if they get into that mindset of oh I don't have to go see him this weekend I can see him next weekend over at such
1: and such exactly. it's mm-hmm. like
0: nah, we want to make sure you're there when we're playing and you know right but then again there's also something to be said to playing the smaller shows and like working out your new set mm-hmm. you know like I, re- yes. I really enjoy going to shows like that where especially if I like know the artist and they're like hey come check out the set because I'm kind of working out some new songs and I want your opinion, you know, but that's just me personally. They're obviously not advertising. Hey, some of these songs may not be perfect or may not be ready, but I'm just kind of trying them out. You know, obviously that's not very sound advertising. You know, and
1: and for that, there's something to be said for that, especially in areas that are great with that. If you go to Asheville, North Carolina, for Mm -hmm. example, you're going to get a lot of people that will come listen to you in places like that. Charlotte, North Carolina, however, is not one of those places. It is not a good music scene. And any band would tell you that. It's just not. People don't go out just to hear original music for one mm-hmm. you know like you've got to have a pretty good following there so i think it's really about also what where your hometown is and what you're doing i mean i'm in wahala south carolina which is a small town mm-hmm. i think there's 3,700 people here i can pack a place here much easier than i can in charlotte i mean people will just come oh, wow. from wherever yeah i mean and there's millions of people i mean almost two million i think in that area in charlotte and it's not the same, but you come down here, and and they'll come. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. so it's yeah. I feel like the small town support is is uh, is amazing in so many places. Um, I think a lot of bands would say that, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 you know it it actually kind of makes sense because it's like small town. When there's something happening, people are going to know because it's word spreads because everybody knows everybody.
1: Exactly. it's community is. too. They want to be a part of it and you want them to be. Yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, um, as we kind of start wrapping this up, um, I want to thank you so much for giving us or giving me the time to sit down and chat. It's been a real great conversation. Um, I'm going to, we're going to end this on one final question. It's kind of our nice little wrap up question, but why music?
1: <laughs> um, I can't imagine not playing music. I I I wish it was a choice for me and I could give you a good answer. All I know is that I can't live my life without it. So it's in my blood and I love it so much and I think I, I there's just no choice for me. So mm-hmm. You know I have to do it I don't know how to describe it other than it's it's really the, truly the love of my life <laughs> I feel that way <laughs> and I, I think a, a lot of musicians might say that when they really just feel it um you know I I played sports and you know was was good at a lot of things in school but music is just it never lets me down
0: you know absolutely absolutely that was a great answer um so where can everybody kind of find you online uh social media check out your music all that fun stuff
1: well um we are diamonds and whiskey two of our favorite things as i said um <laughs> earlier so you can google us you can find us on facebook.com backslash diamonds and whiskey um and it's and spelled out and uh and then instagram's diamonds and whiskey official twitter is diamonds whiskey they don't let us have the and um, and we just started a TikTok. Oh my gosh! Which oh nice. I so I did not even know anything about TikTok, but I'm kind of addicted. I'm not gonna lie because, yeah. like, especially, I'm I'm hooked on like the couple stuff. Like, yeah. you know, the the wives of their husbands, like when they come in and doing their dances. Oh my god, so cute! So we just started that, and I, I think I'm gonna gear that more towards like my me personally in my life. You know, yeah. Um, I put one up of my daughter. It's so cute. The other day, she's two, and um you know, just stuff like that. I think I'm going to share more about my life. I typically don't do that, but TikTok seems to be the place to do it. So, so yeah, we're on there as Diamonds and Whiskey. So you can, uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere. Uh, follow us on Spotify. I would say all of our music's there. I think we've got 14 or 15 songs out right now.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And actually TikTok is where it's at right now. Like yeah, we just recently started a TikTok and it's like I don't really know what I'm going to put on here, but I've just started (laughs) uploading like clips of the uh, podcast on there. And like, I mean, it's doing pretty decent. Like I'm not mad at it. It just kind of depends on, (laughs) you know,
1: right. I I literally, I think just started a TikTok last week and I think I've got four little things on there and yeah, it's, it's slow going, but I'm slowly figuring it out. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it because people in there, I mean, have like tons of followers and stuff, but I really enjoy being on there, just watching people. And I'm not really like that. I don't really scroll Facebook or Instagram, but there's something about TikTok that's fun.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, just the contents on there is completely different. And it's just like, Oh, you guys are having fun. I I remember when you could do this.
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick of the politics everywhere (laughs) and everything. I mean, honestly, I just want to laugh at this point and I would encourage other people to maybe shut down from all of that and and try to take a day and just like look around you and enjoy your
0: life. Yeah. Well, actually what I started doing on Facebook and it's helped tremendously, but there are some people that are slipping through the cracks a little bit, is I just start muting people on Facebook. Like if they just like, not unfriending them because then that becomes a whole thing in and of itself. But if they're they're constantly posting things and it's just like, man, this is annoying. Do do do, mute. Okay, cool. (laughs) And then now it's just kind of like, oh, hey, my timeline's actually not toxic, you know?
1: <laughs> right. So, yeah, I just stopped liking anything on either side. I'm just like, I'm I'm good. I'm just, whew, I have to just breathe and let go <laughs> and not get involved. Because um, at the end of the day, I don't feel like that's accomplishing a whole lot.
0: <laughs> so. Not at all. Not at all. Not to, mm-hmm. get, not to get too political, but, you know, it's hey, just gosh. like, come on, guys. Ooh. Let's go back to the time that we can just have fun. and good
1: Right, so. right.
0: But um, once again, thank you so much for jumping on. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys later.
1: Thanks for having me.